I confess, I have bruises all over my body from where she bit me on the dance floor. She was so rough, dancing to the 80s music, a social worker asked me if I was okay as I closed my tab. But if you see something, say something, right? (laughs) Right. Fair enough. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. Thank you for listening to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you are about to hear was recorded on November 20th, 2014. Bedpost producer Sadie Smythe discusses her call for love. I confess. I went through a period of time recently when I was masturbating more frequently than usual, probably because I had put myself on a no-sex diet that lasted for several months. The desire to come presented itself at some inconvenient times, like during business meetings or while driving in my car. So I learned how to channel that sexual energy into creativity during my meetings, and I learned how to get off really fast in my car. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how that happens? A tickly tingle in our cunts or our cocks can call us to action, or at least ask us to acknowledge its presence. It's a hunger, the call. Like the call of our stomach for a warm bowl of soup on a cold day. The call of our lungs for a deep breath after the blow of bad news. The call of our soul for nurture with fun, fantasy, friendship. And how we decide, sometimes unbeknownst to ourselves, how we answer those calls. There is a thought that I love. Every action is a call for love. It's either an act of love or a call for love. And I think that can apply to much that we do. If we prepare a meal for the partner we adore, simply because this is an act of love. If we make a meal for a love interest who's let it slip that this is the one dish that just might be the pathway to their heart, that's a call for love. I enjoy thinking about this notion in terms of the construct of sex. Because, well, I really like to think about sex. I do. A lot. A lot more than you think. A lot. I like to think about sex, and I like to have sex. I have sex. Think about it. Think about it while I'm having it. Have it while I'm thinking about it. All of the thinks, all of the time about sex. But I like to think about it in this way. Every act of sex is a call for love because it applies to how I operate, or at least how I did. Because you see, it occurred to me early on in my no-sex diet, actually, it occurred to me moments after I'd come so hard in my car while driving down 45th Street, um, and realizing that it was probably time to shift into fourth gear because I was right at 45 miles an hour, because this is how skilled I am, people. I can masturbate to completion 
while driving around town in a standard tram- transmission. Thank you. It occurred to me that sex was the mechanism I had been using to call for love. Three and a half years ago, my entire world changed. My 27-year relationship ended, and everything I knew about how I loved was turned on its head. Loving and being loved by someone for so long and in so many different kinds of ways becomes something that just it just is. The love exists. It's there, and it's easy, and you don't even have to think about it. It's like the Hitachi magic wand. <laughs> Pull it out of the drawer, plug that fucker in, and you know it's going to get the job done every single time. And it even has a lifetime warranty. Easy peasy. But once I had some space to think about it, uh, because, you know, when you're on a diet, you you just can't stop thinking about that thing you're not supposed to have, uh, I realized that the sex that I'd had for years following my divorce was actually a personally crafted call for love. I was seeking love, as all of us do, but my call was so loud and so desperate that it drowned out the possibility that I might actually find it. But fuck if I didn't keep calling. Hello, sex. Hi there. So, I was looking for a little love. You got any of that laying around? No? Okay. I'll check back next week. The interesting thing is that I didn't know that I was doing this, calling for love through sex. I I like to think that I know about the sex. I was a sex writer for many years. I collected sexual experiences like uh, gas station shot glasses. In fact, when I was writing regularly about my sex life, often I was so disconnected to the person that I was fucking that I would begin writing the story in my head as I was fucking them. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be all naked and sweaty, and I'd be all, he grabbed my legs with a force I hadn't anticipated and threw them over his shoulders and pulled me toward him, gaze intent, cock erect. Okay, my writing was never very good at the moment. (laughs) I was busy. So, so what I realized is that technically I can do the sex. I know how to give a, ball, a, bl- a blow job. Balls have feelings too. And I'm pretty good at hitting a G-spot and staying there for a long, long, long time. But it got none of us anywhere because all I really wanted was to love and be loved. And I suspect that they did too. But I kept putting that square peg in a round hole. You guys do that? Square peg, round hole? And yeah, kept doing it over and over again. You know why? Because ultimately I got something out of it that was almost as good as love. Something compelling, powerful, and very, very erotic. Validation. Their validation of me was enough for me to ignore the red flags of incompatibility. Their validation of me was enough for me to shave down the rougher sides of my personality and sometimes even my essence so that it would be line up perfectly against the smooth edges of theirs. Call for love. And so I called to the guy who brought me pizza in bed, helped me set up my stereo system and played guitar for me in his underwear. The underwear he refused to take off whenever we would have sex. (laughs) 
And during tidy whitey chafing, just to make him happy, totally a call for love. <laughs> so a quick aside here, actually. Two weeks ago, I had what might be the most transcendent uh, sexual experience of my life with my girlfriend. Uh, it was one of those interludes where time has stopped, the world around us has receded, our physical bodies have ceased to exist as separate entities. We are instead one person with one lung breathing the same, one heart beating the same, one back arching the same, one pussy pulsating the same, one infinitely long, long, long orgasm, you know, same time, same, same. After we caught our breath, after we were done shaking from the intensity, and after our heart rates had returned to normal, I peered down at us, at our bodies intertwined, and then looked back up, back up at her, and I said, wow, and we still have our fucking clothes on. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of fucking with clothes on, totally an act of love. Back to my story. I called for love loud enough to rouse the dead, in fact, to a guy that I was involved with for, for six months. I called, and he answered, but I ignored that red flag of incompatibility. He didn't like that I had a rather robust sexual history. And so I minimized it, which takes a lot of work if you're me and your, all of your sexual history exists uh, on the interwebs, <laughs> all over it. And so he never quite saw me. He was just too afraid of what he might glimpse. It's scary in slutty Sadie land, y'all. Scary, scary. Meanwhile, each time we had sex, which was frequently... He took a shower afterward, like immediately afterward, like he hadn't yet ca caught his breath afterward, every time. He likes to be clean. That's cool. That is cool. I like to be dirty. <laughs> right? I walked headlong into a relationship with a woman in my friend circle, even though I knew it would be fraught. And it was, but I deluded, and I deluded myself in other ways because of the call. It had echoed for so long. Hear me, it begged. See me, love me. Her answer to my call was to put me on a pedestal, which was her call for love. So our calls together, fucking deafening. And then there was the night that my call was answered by three friends following a late night skinny dip. Wet hair, sleepy eyes, smooth skin. The four of us landed in my bed where the three of us, where three of us played and one pretended to sleep. <laughs> of the three of us playmates, she had never been with a woman before, so I took extra care, kissed her gently while he played with her clit. She got wet and so did I. His gaze was intent, cock erect. She chatted nervously until it became apparent that her exploration with us had reached its limits. I looked into the dim light of the night and at the three very dear people in my bed. They were friends. And I loved each of them and they me. And I realized now that my, that my call had been answered, but only for the night. I kissed her one last time, then slid off the bed, stepped over to the drawer, pulled a condom from the desk and asked him, Hey, darling, how's your cock doing? Great, he said. I said, good. I'm going to need you to fuck the shit out of me right now. And he did. While one pretended to sleep and the other watched. 
act of love. So it was very soon after that that I went on my no diet, with uh, no diet, no sex diet. That's what that says. Oh, <laughs> I originally had written no sex with people diet, and Mandy over here said, hey, do you really want to qualify that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I totally would have been calling it the people. People? <laughs> I met other people. It's like scratched out. So it was very soon after that that I went on my um, no sex with people diet. Um, and five ma- months went by in a flash. And it was then that I learned how eager I had been to accept the paltry substitute of validation. I want some love, please. Oh, yeah? Sorry, doll. Fresh out of that. We have a nice neon green ribbon that says you're hot on it instead. How will that do? Will that do in a pinch? Yeah? No, thank you. <laughs> but I made some strides by learning to validate myself. No one else is going to tell me that I'm funny or that I smell good or that I'm smart or punctual or whatever. <laughs> I'm actually not. I learned to do that myself. I'd be like high five myself because I was on time, you know, act of love. And I would do things like I'd, you know, fuck myself while headed west on Highway 71 and a 14-foot U-Haul truck hauling an antique bedroom set and several other household items that I just purchased at Round Top. I was alone. The sun was setting across the autumn Austin sky, and I came hard knowing that nothing I needed was nothing I could give myself, couldn't give myself, which was an act of love. I learned to tell myself whenever I looked good. Unless, and, and that I looked good. Unless I didn't, in which case I would totally keep it real. I'd be like, you're a mess, baby doll. I know, I'm so tired. Want me to rub your feet? Mm, yeah, you're so good at that. Yeah, you like that? I do. Can you? Oh, yeah, right there, right there. Like, in short, I became my, my own best friend. And ultimately, validation is more powerful, more influential, and much more meaningful when it comes from a friend act of love. I confess, I stopped calling for love and have instead been performing acts of love for my friends and my family whenever I can. And wouldn't you know, it was when I stopped calling and started acting that I was delivered exactly what I had so desperately been seeking all along, all along, love. And when I found love, I stopped needing to get off in my car. And when I found, let me start over. I found love, people. I found love. Thank you. And when I found love, I stopped needing to get off in my car. So the streets are safe, people. At least for me. Thank you. Sadie Smythe is a writer, author of the memoir, Open All the Way, an advocate for sexual freedom, and one of the producers of Bedpost Confessions. Sadie consults with couples in open relationships and is a fierce advocate for people designing relationships that are right for them, irrespective of what others' expectations are. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Mia Martina of MiaOnTop.com. 
Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, Sadie Smythe of that's what Sadie said.com, and managed by myself, Sarah Henry of O. Henry Events. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin of Innuendo Studios. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can confess with us on Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter. Until next time, we will leave you with a few confessions from the audience. I confess, I used my doctor's office Wi-Fi during monitoring after an inpatient procedure to watch a man masturbate for me over Skype. The doctor told me I needed to get my heart rate up, and watching him touch himself sure sped it up. I confess, I fucked a kombucha scoby. Until I came, then I threw it in the compost. Way to be green? Probiotics for everyone.